This is the Arana Fit Podcast. Hey, hey, oddballs, welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast, hosted by myself, Mr. Matthew Baker, and the ever-recapulated Louis Fox. That's right. I always put the cap back on everything. Ketchup, pills, and that's all. Oh, I get it. Recap. I yeah. get it. Very funny. It's like a, That's like my something my dad would say. <laughs> I, like, I had a show the other day, and uh, my dad came with me, and he just was like telling dad jokes to anyone that would listen <laughs> he was working he was your opening act oh my God. like i was over talking to the like clients and my dad is like obsessed with taking pictures of anything and everything and so i'm talking to the clients about how the show's going to go and he comes over and he goes hey would you three get together i want to take a picture i'm like oh my god dad can you please not do this <laughs> then he like you know it's like your first finished. show <laughs> Finishes the picture and then it goes into a joke like that. Like, oh, I forgot to recap. You get ah. something like that. Like, oh. uh, it's pretty embarrassing, but uh, yeah, my dad's 80. So what can you do? Yeah. So how, how long is his opening set for you? I would give him a tight 90 seconds. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of groaner jokes is what it is. <laughs> so you went to a baseball game with your dad. Yeah, we did. How was it? Are the Mariners still doing good? Uh, they, yeah, they won. And my dad was very excited that we got to go and we got a cool free hat, which he was excited about. (laughs) I think, I think old people love any apparel that's free and not used. Oh, my dad, my dad loves anything, anything free that is baseball related. Like when I was a kid, we, there was a minor league team in the town we grew up in and we would stay after the games and clean the stands and collect the little ice cream baseball helmets. We would collect all the beer cups that were like, had the logo on it. We what would you of these things at our house? What would you do with all the ice cream beer helmets? Well, we would clean out the helmets and just have them. Right. And, <laughs> you you know, my dad cream. did the same thing this time as an 80 year old man. We're walking out. He's picking up, you know, beer cups that are like, you know, it was just like, Oh my goodness. This is, this is ridiculous. Do they have the, do they have the metal? Yeah. That's the, one he, that's the one he took. Yeah. 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 So no, it was good. It's fun. It's just you know, it's uh, it's like full time babysitting, man. It's like, <laughs> you're like you know, I took, don't put that in your mouth. <laughs> no, it's seriously like my dad's. Like we were at a restaurant, and you know, I look up, and my dad's just he walks behind the bar at the restaurant, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm looking for a toothpick. I'm like, you can't just go in to their like. <laughs> Back in the kitchen and grab some cutlery if you want. <laughs> he's doing payroll back there. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't. He's just, uh, you know, he's 80 years old, man. It's uh, How old's your dad? No one knows. Like, he doesn't know because of some weird shifty stuff that went down. Oh, he might be younger than you. Um, yeah, yeah, he's 13. <laughs> According to uh, the – so because when he immigrated here, they didn't know – he was here under a fake identity. Uh huh. So, and he was raised as this is like a weird kidnapping scenario. He was raised under that fake identity, so he doesn't know his actual birthday. 
How does oh how does he not know his actual birthday? He's embodied this person so much he doesn't even remember who he was before. He came because he came over. And he was like eight, but they came, he came over on paperwork that wasn't. But he had to live. Gotcha. That. So he came out very young. Yeah. So I think he's about seventy. Okay, seventy. Yeah. Right. I think. Yeah. yeah so he had you when he was pretty, you know, in his mid twenties or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. Except I've been raised on a fake identity. <laughs> you're, you're raised on his original identity. <laughs> so I'm actually 84. <laughs> you're wanted for murder in, uh, in Taiwan. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, folks, if you're listening to this, uh, this is a clip show, which means that we are going to bring back some of our old episodes are some of our favorites yep from past episodes we picked we cherry picked a few stories for you to enjoy bust out the q-tip clean that ear out and get ready to enjoy this once again with your new renewed virgin ears yes get to some weird news this story comes from dw.com that's a new source more reliable than a grave digger that uses a rake you don't think that you could nicely uh you know pull dirt out of uh, out with a rake i would be reincarnated by the time you get to six foot hole isn't what those buddhist monks are doing like you know like it's not really a zen garden it's me digging your grave (laughs) All right, story goes, grave diggers get down and dirty at international competition. All right, here's the thing. Are we guessing what country this is in? Well, I already know because I've read the article. All right, my guess is going to be a Scandinavian country. Oh, uh, Like if you listen to episode 63, we talk about the heavy metal knitting contest. Uh-huh. And then I believe there was a wife-carrying contest we talked about in another episode that was also in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. And I think the world snail racing that we also covered on another episode. That was, was in England. That was England. Yeah, that's uh, West Norway. Southwest Norway <laughs> is what I call it. In the olden days, <laughs> back in Pan- Pangea, it was considered Norway. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so you are wrong. It is not a Scandinavian country. It goes, funerals are grave experiences. Grave digging competitions, not so much. Here's at least- the thing. I would be so, I'd probably be more bored at a grave digging competition than I would be at a funeral. And I'm no I- way, man. This would be awesome to watch. I don't know. Funerals are pretty good. I'm like, that guy finally died. I hated him. There's like just Black Sabbath playing. They got like <laughs> a live band. It's just like metal. Um, in trend, this happened in Trenton, Slovakia, where the second annual international grave digging championship took place this week. Eleven two-member teams from Slovakia, Poland, and Hungary got down and dirty to see who could dig the best grave in the fastest time using only shovels and picks, according to the Guardian. It's it's acoustic grave digging, is what that is. <laughs> and then there's some some dude shows up and Bob Dylan's it with a backhoe. <laughs> What what's going on? Like and then just like the grave digging union is like, okay, we're just gonna now use these graves. Yeah, you, you're, <laughs> yeah. for the war that was just announced between these three countries. 
<laughs> the time Poland invaded a church in another country on accident. <laughs> I think it was in the Czech Republic or something. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of picks, grave digging judges are pretty picky about what makes a good grave. It has to be five feet deep, 6.5 feet long, and three feet wide. So is that six feet under a myth then? Is it five feet? This sounds like this would be the standard. Yeah, I wonder if that threw the European contestants off having to convert it to feet. <laughs> yes. They're like, wait, I have to dig it. I have to dig and this I... 1.73 meters. <laughs> and I got to do math. My abacus is not in, in, it's imperial. <laughs> I get such bad cell phone reception in this grave. <laughs> Google can't convert it for me. The grave digging contest is meant to put the fun back into the funeral industry, according to event spokesman Christian Stritz. So everyone I know that works in the funeral industry is pretty cool. I know one person. Okay, so. She's pretty cool. Uh, but then I've done, like, I've done Christmas parties for, for like, funeral homes. And there's they're a ton of fun. Everyone's there to party. Yeah. And then I'm like, um, are there dead people in the basement? Like, well, yeah, I have done a show for the uh, it like the Mortician's Union of Washington, and <laughs> they were fun. Yeah, and they made like they made their own wine. It's called like Dead Man's Red or something like that. And <laughs> it's like, and they gave gave it to me in like a little like child coffin. See. <laughs> I, th I think you have to be fun and cool to have that job. Yeah, I agree. To prove he was less than dead serious, this is the guy running the event, he dressed as the Grim Reaper for the corpse-free contest. I mean, without a corpse, it's not a grave. It's just a hole in the ground. Yeah. Well, there are pictures of people, like, holding crosses above the people digging. The whole exhibition is about getting groups of funeral companies together, he told the Associated Press. It's about showing people how hard the grave digger's job is. All right. I doubt people actually still dig graves by hand. And B, I like how they're like, we need community in the grave, in the funeral industry, we have too many clicks. You have these guys. That no, like, you know, it's like any industry, <laughs> any industry, they have a get together to talk about what's new and new ways of operating your business. You know, this is like a funeral convention, right? But like, all right. So if who's their speaker going to be? Rasputin? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have a seance. It's just a Ouija board. <laughs> But here's the thing. Like, okay, so you win the grave digging competition. Do you, like, level up your game and you move to a better funeral home after that? First of all, you have to put the plaque on the wall so when people come in, they know that you are the region's best grave digger. Yeah, like, your grandpa is going to be so comfortable in a grave built by Schmorgan. He's the world's top grave digger. <laughs> or for $50 less, you can have Carl. Yeah. Some competitors think the contest was more difficult for them than others. Gravel and stones, about 20 to 30 centimeters of it. Gabriel Draffy from the crematorium Molnar in Nove Zamki, Slovakia, griped to AP. The others didn't have that. Yeah, that's grave digging is you got You don't know what you're going to find down there. You could yeah. ever be another grave that you didn't know about. They're like, the guy next to me was just throwing his dirt into my hole. I was digging two <laughs> graves. Like a cartoon. <laughs> 
Slovakian brothers Ladislav and Sazba Skladen, aged 43 and 41, respectively, buried the competition by digging a perfect grave in 54 minutes, according to Reuters. Their grave was also the neatest, judges noted. So here's the thing. If you watch movies where, like, the housewife accidentally kills someone or intentionally kills her husband and then digs the grave, if it took two dudes who are top the top grave diggers in the world 54 minutes to dig a grave this lady in the wood with a with a hand trowel it's going to take her a week well that's why some of these serial killers they just don't dig graves right they just dump the bodies like out in the woods or whatever yeah. it's like they're just lazy they got their thrill. Here's what, here's what we need: are serial killers that are more motivated for. The Let's cleanup. get the Green Green River Killer out there. Let's get the California Killer out there. Yeah, I am happy. Now, that's what a, a prison should have: the serial killer grave dig off. <laughs> I am happy we won. It's sad. It's a satisfaction after 15 years in this job at Sazba Skladen told Reuters. I had to focus on speed today, but usually when the weather is nice and I can chat with my brother, it's a dream job, added Ladislav Skladen. So what he's saying is he's like, normally I just goof off all day. Like I could do it in 54 minutes, but we're drinking wine. Yeah, we're right? having nachos. And then there's a picture of the winner. There, I, apparently there was two winners, but there's only a picture of, Oh no. The, no. is the serious looking guy, the brother. Okay. So there's a picture. <laughs> there's a picture of the Grim Reaper, two, two vamp- ladies, two vampire ladies, two vampire layers. And then it looks like the brothers and one guy's holding up a trophy and smiling. And the other guy is holding like the Slovakian flag and looking like, He's in a 1780 photo <laughs> where he's got his hand on the chair. To he's got still. his hand and he's completely still not smiling. It's, yeah. uh, we'll post that picture. It's pretty hilarious. So what do you think about this, Louie? I like it. I like anyone that can like work to be the best at whatever they do. I think, Louie, we should go and try and compete in this All next right. year. We can be a team. I would be down to compete in this. How great would yeah. that be? But then we have to do some math. Like, we have an advantage because we know what three and a half feet is. But then when we hit the, the the gravel layer, we're like, how many centimeters of gravel is this? Yeah, well, I guess what these people know because they've dug so many, they can ju- they don't have to measure anything. So, I don't know. I feel like we could we could win this. I, I dig a like lot of holes do. around here. Yeah, I dig myself out a lot of holes. <laughs> All right, I like it. Yep. The story comes from NewYorkPost.com. That's a news source more reliable than a drunk driver maintaining their lane on a horse. The horses does a lot of the work, though. Do you, oh, you are a resident horse expert. How many horses do you have now? We uh, just got another one yesterday, actually. So, <laughs> but you don't own it, right? We're we're leasing it. Yeah. And the least you have to like do the damage, do a walk around like, oh, it's got a ding here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, when, when, when I leased my horse to you, it was alive. <laughs> I don't, you I disagree. Brought, you, you, I don't remember your horse being alive when I, I rented it from you. You just returned it as a pot of glue. <laughs> All right. So he goes, maniac punches carriage horse attacks two others in central park driver i think does that mean according to the driver 
Yeah, I didn't quite get that because in the article there's no reference of a driver, so I don't know if like that's the name of the person that wrote the article or something. Or that was the that was the horse's name, driver. Oh yeah, his name is not Mongo, but a shirtless maniac stole a page from Blazing Saddles Monday, punching and also kicking three carriage horses in Central Park before claiming he had a knife. One of the drivers said, oh, one of the drivers of the the horses. One of the drivers that's never mentioned in the article. In the next sentence, it mentions the driver. (laughs) I didn't see that part. All right. Here's the thing. I guess his name is not Mongo, but if you were going to name your child Mongo, they're either going to grow up to be a drummer or punch a horse. Yeah. They decided the decidedly unfunny and unprovoked alleged animal abuse took place shortly before noon just inside the park near West 59th Street and 6th Avenue. Handsome cab driver Ken Henry Kaya, 28, said. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. First of all, the guy's handsome, so good for him. Uh, but B, well, this that, is the uh, second reference in two sentences to a driver that's not mentioned in the article. <laughs> There's a bunch more now that I'm skimming it. <laughs> <laughs> the next sentence is going to blow your mind. Go Five drivers had their carriages lined up along Central Drive and were waiting for fares when the man suddenly appeared, started cursing, and slugged one of the horses, Kaya said. I don't know why, though. Like You always hear about people getting mad at like a police horse or, or horses, but like the, the person in charge of the horse never gets in between them and like, hey, don't you be messing with my horse. Well, they're up on the horse. It's pretty tough to anticipate somebody coming up and sucker punching your horse. You need like a... <laughs> no, I, I would assume everyone's going to punch my horse. He then moved to the next if horse. You either, you either have oats in your hand or you're going to punch my horse. No, I think this guy... Obviously, there's a picture of the dude. And then there's a picture of the dude like walking up looking like he's going to punch the horse. And... and yeah, I mean, what do you? Any, any crazy person that walks by your horse in New York City, you're just gonna jump off. You would never even be on your horse. <laughs> I would just, but if, if, we'll post the picture. If I saw this guy, I would just assume he's gonna punch my horse. All right. Anyways, he then moved to the next horse and attacked it before targeting Kaya's horse, a 16 year old dark brown mare named Mary. Kaya said, "All he right, raised- hang on. So when he, this guy punches the first horse, and then he comes to your horse." You got to assume he's going to punch your horse at this point. No, you can't assume he's a serial, a rampage horse puncher. Yeah, most people punch a horse once and they've had their fill. They're like, I'm most done. horse punches come in threes. <laughs> he's got the Guinness adjudicator behind him, <laughs> and it's a record. He raised his hand to punch my horse, but I pulled my horse back so he could barely touch my horse, he said. Kaya alleges that the man also threatened to punch him and said, I have a knife before storming off. I don't think that I have a knife was a uh, threat. It was just like, hey, I got a knife. Just FYI. Yeah. Kaya said he chased the man down and shot video with his cell phone that shows him angrily confronting the man from a distance. Why are you hitting my horse? It's a poor animal, Kaya yelled. So you can't be like, I have this horse that I'm using. I'm enslaving to pull people, tourists around New York all day and be like... Why are you hitting my poor horse? Like, why don't you free the horse first? (laughs) The man who put on a fluorescent yellow safety vest he picked up from the ground claimed he was stabbing me in the back, your friend, while gesturing with his arm. So the guy who punched the horse said that the horse was stabbing him in the back? Yeah, the horse was like, like, you know, the horse was telling stories to his old lady about about him running around with other ladies. (laughs) (laughs) The guy was like, dude, I told that horse about all my cheating and confidence. 
Kaya urged passing bicyclists and joggers to call the police as the man walked away carrying a black jacket and a black and white bag slung over his shoulder. Come here. Don't move. You hit my horse, Kaya yelled as he followed. You're such a crazy person. But didn't the guy not hit that guy's horse? No, the horse kind of moved, so he barely hit him. Gotcha. Okay. The man turned around and again said something with the word stabbing. So something with the, along the lines of stab, stab, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with your horse, the man said. Now you're getting me upset. Yeah, well, maybe it was one of those situations where the horse was like, yo, you you punch me first. You throw the first punch, bro. Right? Yeah. Dude, that bar was giving me the nasty eyes. In Mel Brooks' 1974 comedy hit Blazing Saddles, an illiterate Wild West outlaw named Mongo, played by the late NFL star and actor Alex Karras, shows how mean and ornery he is by knocking out a horse with one punch. Maybe this is one of those things where life is imitating art. Like when you're like, if kids play violent video games, they're going to you know, rob banks. So if people watch 1974 Mel Brooks movies, they're going to punch horses. Now, I think the it is if you smoke meth, you might punch a horse. Ah, it's a gateway drug to horse punching. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Kaya, who said he grew up in Greece and moved to the U.S. to study biochemistry at Long Island University, said he called 911 and showed his video to the cops who responded and told them what happened. They whoa, said they re- whoa, hang on. How did he end up? He's a biochemist and he's running a horse and... That's how expensive New York is, man. You could be like the best biochemist in the world and you still got to have a side hustle. And you still don't make horse carriage driver money. (laughs) They said they recognized the man as someone who hangs out in Times Square. He said the NYPD said cops couldn't find the man and the case was marked unfounded because there was no evidence a crime was committed. But they have a picture of the, 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 maybe this is a different picture of this guy of like winding up to literally punch the horse and the horse is just like, Chilling. No, the, so it says um, the the the, it, the picture is captioned the man winding up to attempt to strike a carriage horse, and it's got a photo credit of the Henry Kaya. Yeah, I mean, what do you, what sort of proof do you need? You have a video of the guy saying shit about your horse. You have a picture of the guy winding up to punch a horse. You have a horse with a black eye. Here's the thing: the horse probably had some warrants, and so it was like, I'm not going to press charges. Because I don't want you to look into me. Yeah. The horse is like, I just fell down some stairs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so what do you think about this, Louis? I think the guy's an a-hole. And I hope he gets what's coming to him. Which well, is... the, the pictures of the guy, there's clearly something going on with him. There is some you know, obvious psychological shit going on. Some mental illness happening or some extreme drug use. Um, and this is not normal, obviously. he's not. I don't think he's a dick. I think he's just, you know, something's going on. Yeah. <laughs> that is horse punching. <laughs> Maybe that's his, his thing, right? He's like, I, pu- I punch every horse I see. My father was trampled by a pack of wild horses, and now I gotta- I'm avenging his death. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? All right, super weird, but uh, it's cool. Hey, that's it for today, folks. Of course, we want to thank you so much for listening and lending us your time. If you want to check out 
Louis Fox, you can do so at louisfox.com with two X's. And you can catch Matt at comedystuntshow.com. That is with a dot C-O-M. Yes. Also, our website is oddandoffbeat.com. You can send us an email. You can send us uh, messages. <laughs> you can send us... You can send us... You can send us some Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> You can send us emails. You can send us stories that you've come across. Uh, let us know how you're doing. We'd love to hear from you. You can also click on our Patreon link, and that will get you, for a couple bucks a month, we'll get you a bonus episode and some postcards and some other cool swag that we have. Yes, and you might get some amazing things as some ice cream helmets. Yes. Well, I, I'll send my dad out to send you some, to tell you some <laughs> to jokes. Go, to go score some... some. <laughs> Uh, and be sure to check out other other podcasts, Moisture Festival Podcast, and uh, wherever you got this podcast at, Moisture Festival Podcast. And uh, if you like performing, you like what we do, you'll like to hear the behind the scenes of some of the performers that make that performing arts festival possible. Yes, you'll enjoy it. If you love us, you'll love us talking for longer <laughs> to a third person. <laughs> <laughs> To someone trying to decipher in real time what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. <laughs> All right, folks. We hope you have a weird week. We are out. Bye. Thanks for listening and stay weird.